Hi, welcome to Bag of Cans. No intro. Well, I'm hoping that we've got our intro on now. Oh, really? Yeah. Does that mean we're after going to do some editing? I don't think so. Um, I think because of the software that I use, or the platform that I use, I can just upload it separately. So I reckon it'll actually go back and play the intro on all the old ones as well. So if someone was a late joiner of the podcast and thought, oh, I'll go back and listen how good Joe and Tom were at the start. <laughs> it's going to hear like the intro that we've now got. And then you know, maybe like, bagger cans, bagger cans. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be entertaining. <laughs> That's brilliant, isn't it? Who are these two retards? Isn't it? Yeah. So thanks to our mate Tom Huggers. Thanks, Tom. Fastest arse in Saudi Arabia. Um, for getting getting um, I'll say intro. Really appreciate that. Hopefully, it's good. Let us know what you think about it. If you don't like it, then I mean, we'll probably still use it because I've really run out of ideas. Mm. Yeah, they, they they weren't great, were they? Your intros. No. I like it's slowly just... got like less comments about it as the weeks went on. Yeah. Okay, welcome to Bag of podcast again. Um, I'm Joe, that's Tom. We never do introductions, I thought that. Yeah, no one cares who we are, they just care about our um, unsubstantiated opinions. That's it. Uh, it's a Monday today, we're about half five, in case you're interested in the time. I'd love to tell you that we completely planned to wait until the Monday, um, because of the bombshells that football has been dropping us on the last 24 hours but that's not the case it's the first weekend not. when the pubs are open and uh we went a bit heavy and yesterday afternoon you'd have just been listening to tom probably snoring and me grunting and sighing <laughs> that it isn't over yet so you've had to exactly wait but the football gods have have uh dropped news for us so i'm going to start with a big one one of the reasons I want to do this podcast now and be finished early is I want to watch Monday Night Football tonight. I want to see yeah. Neville and Carragher. And the topic I want to hear him talk about is, is the European Super League. I'm sure you'll know what this is, but if you don't, real quick overview, 12 clubs released a statement of intent yesterday that they want to join a new European competition uh, called the European Super League. Uh, be 15 founding clubs and five others in it every year. I think it's just two groups you play each other shitloads of times and then uh, at the end of the season you all get together and cover each other in champagne because you've got shitloads of cash um, and I think they're crown a winner I don't know if anyone really cares I don't think the owners care that there's a winner um, yeah what's, what's your first thoughts on this Tom I'm, I've got quite a lot to say on this so I'm trying to bite my tongue um, um, my away. thoughts so you... You hear like rumours of this stuff coming about in football and you, you kind of think that it'll never happen. When this was announced, right, like I don't really have like many emotional reactions to football unless it's Cardiff City involved. But when this came out, like I was like sad. Like Gary Neville, the way he summed it up was absolutely perfect. I think it's an absolute disgrace. And for people like ourselves, and I'd suggest a lot of the people that are listening that have grown up watching football, we've grown up with the Premier League as that 
as that's been as it was. And for this to come about, and it's just despicable, isn't it? Like, really, really, really despicable. Um, I want to hear your opinion, though, rather than mine. Well, I'll, I'll stay on that, that sort of element of it, because if you talk about we've grown up with the Premier League in its current existence, I think it was, I think it started the year I was born. I think it was. Um, 92? 93, so I, may, I was maybe the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, or was I the start of the... Anyway, it was around Definitely started in 92, I think. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah I get that. Um, maybe so, I have. So it, it's, it's sort of... has always been sort of not, not acknowledged too much by us that the Premier League was started as a breakaway of clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, to build a new league, but but very much with the idea that the power was with those clubs exclusively. Um, so, and while there's an element of that, it, there was never a, it's, it never wanted to become a closed shop. Exactly, um, which is the key point that people need to yeah. remember. And, and also, it's not a massive surprise that the power is always big clubs and the big leagues have long been trying to centralise power in their own hands, and with that finance, you know, finances. You see, this, this is another one that people just have forgotten about. Do you remember a few years ago where fourth place always had to play a playoff to get into the group stage? Yep. Well, the big leagues and the big clubs wanted rid of that. They wanted the risk of going out to whoever it would be. Um, they got rid of that in a move that's entirely motivated by the same things that this move is done by. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> On a much smaller scale though, right? Absolutely, yeah. And you, you're seeing this again today it's been overshadowed by the Super League announcements, but the Champions League was being extended as, as, and as they've agreed to extend it today. They're looking to their other two tournaments. There was only the Europa League. They're adding another one. Um, all about getting more teams in, more European games, all financially driven. Mm-hmm. And that, there's a second element of that, about economics in football as a whole that I'll touch on in a minute. But I'll stay on the sort of centralised of it, centralised point of money, if you will, at the minute. It's a closed shop nature, but also you're only going to see this this gap get bigger. We see it in the Premier League now. The gaps from the top to the bottom is huge. That's trickled down into the Championship, a league we both love. Mm-hmm. The gap at the top of the Championship to the bottom of the Championship now is, is ever increasing. It's It's so hard to envisage regular, you know, season upon season, teams that haven't been recently relegated from the Premier League winning the Championship because mm-hmm. the finances that they've been able to accumulate from being in the Premier League and being in, uh, getting the parachute payments and, and the players that they've been able to attract and can still afford to retain. I think it's been touched on before that uh, if, if it keeps going like that, you won't be able to have it sustainable throughout throughout football, um, the yep. wages that, that go through it. I'm rabbiting on a bit there, mate. If, if you've got anything else to... I think the, the things that stand out for me are, it's called the European Super League. How many countries are there in Europe? Fucking loads. I'm not going to guess at that one. I know my guess would be closer than yours, but I'm not going to guess. <laughs> Should we guess? Oh, is that? Oh, I wish I'd I'm said gonna... that. No. I'm going to guess. 
46. Okay, good guess. Yeah, what were you saying? Was that actually a good guess? I don't know. I just don't want to guess and be wrong that okay. I've said what I said. Um, so, yeah, the, there are X amount of countries in Europe. I'd say about 34, 36. Okay. This new, <laughs> this new competition is called the European Super League that consists of currently three countries, which is absolutely unbelievable. Shout out to Germany, by the way. Well, maybe mm. not the whole of Germany. Um, but Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, who have stuck to their guns, um, had a modicum of respect for their fans and not jumped on this bandwagon. I just... What gets it for me is that, like, all of these... The people that make these decisions aren't the people that football represent, Right. They're all Absolutely. that top elite, whatever you want to call them, that have probably, well, I can probably almost certainly say that they've never gone through an upbringing of being diehard football fans of a certain football club or they've never followed a team around the country every Tuesday, Saturday, whatever you want to call it. And they're making decisions about ultimately a game that belongs to fans and always will belong to, fa- belong the, to fans. These people are... They're businessmen, they're money men, and you will get these in every single industry. You'll get this in echelons of power in government and things like this. These are people who sit in the background who motivation is driven by money and power and the you know the relationship between those two things. They'll exist in every other form of society and industry. And the commercialization of football in the last however long, you can say that that started from the Premier League. You can say whenever the starting point was that commercialization of the game and and the importance of finance and the acknowledgement that it could generate so much money is mm-hmm. always going to encourage these people to get involved in the sport. If the owners of Premier League clubs, they're not from Manchester, they're not from Liverpool, they're not from these places where the community feels it. Mm-hmm. They've got I think Gary Neville summed it up really well last night when he was talking about them not having any uh, loyalty to the game to the country in those ways and it, and all of it is a uh, it's no surprise i think the jump is probably the surprise to people but the fact that these things are being suggested i don't think it's a massive shock i think the timing of it is what what gets it for me as well like and i'm i'm not going to blow gary neville's trumpet anymore and about kind of we all know what he's doing at Salford, etc cetera, etc cetera. but there are teams in the bottom division bottom divisions of english league football non-league football that are literally going out of business, can't pay their players, are having to furlough their players. We're in a global pandemic. Yeah, we're coming out of it or whatever. But a lot of these football clubs are in financial turmoil. And these absolute mongoloids decide that now is the time to announce that they want to do X, Y and Z to earn. They're going to pump 3.5 billion into it. It's just mental. And... I was reading it on Twitter today that they're they're distinguishing these legacy fans that are kind of people like you and I or most of the people that are listening that, you know, follow a football team and they love their football team and we're all about history, tradition, blah, 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 blah. And then they've got these, I can't remember what it was that they called it, like new generation future fans or whatever it is that want to see the best quality football, blah, 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 blah. Segregating this European football nonsense away from other people being able to freely qualify for these competitions is going to do one thing and that's going to make quality of that competition worse. Mm. 
If, if you're at no if you're at no risk of not being in a competition, what motivation do you actually have aside from you know being Mate, competitive talk, sportsman? Touching on that, it's a bit like if you look at, I mean, the the clubs that are even being suggested for this. We'll stick to England, but I mean, Tottenham and Arsenal. Well, this is exactly why it's happening because How are the they top getting six. Here? The top six of English football has never been more at risk, at risk ever of, being, of finishing in those things. It's it absolutely baffles me. I mean, you and you look at it, and I think the end goal for these owners when they're suggesting this is is to leave the Premier League. It is to have a standalone league that they mm-hmm. work in. But let's let's listen to them saying that they do want to just do midweek. Let's pretend that that is really what they're after. Mm-hmm. If you're Arsenal or Tottenham. And you're playing in this Premier League and you're playing in this midweek league. You don't come fucking close to winning the Premier League as it is. You don't come <laughs> fucking close. The only thing that, that Arsenal and Tottenham teams at the minute play for is to try and get into Europe. So if they were then guaranteed European football every season, no matter how shit they continue to be in the Premier League, what's the fucking motivation? Absolutely. They can't get, re- you know, they could get relegated from the Premier League, but they won't give a fuck about that because they've got the big European things. They still can't win the Premier League because they haven't been able to do that for, well, Tottenham haven't won it in 60 fucking years. It's just, it's just the... There'd be no motivation to the play out, in the Premier League anymore. It's the outright arrogance, right? Like, all of my mates are Forest fans and I slate them all, all the time about, you know, living in the past and living off Cluffy's era of being European champions twice and blah, 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 blah. Mate, Forest have more of a right to be in that competition than bloody Arsenal and Tottenham do. Mm. Like, sit sit here in their second semi-final. It's crazy. Exactly. You've got Honestly, a, it's just bonkers. You've got an AC Milan team that haven't finished in their own top three in about 10 years. They've got Fakayo Tomori playing on loan at centre-half for him from Chelsea. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mad, mate. It's, it baffles me. And, and if I then sort of look at it a little bit differently and uh, I think about if I was a fan of some of these clubs, I think, oh, maybe, you know, would I want to go into there? Would it make things better? Would it not? If you are thinking that, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. It won't make things better. If you look at the Premier League now, if you look at Newcastle, they're currently accused of having an owner who just does the minimum to stay in the Premier League and doesn't spend any more than that. You look at Arsenal, their fans come out and complain, it seems, every few months that the board don't spend any money, don't do any of this. Tottenham have been accused of it. I think it was probably harsh because the amount they've been spent on their stadium, but they've been accused of not spending money that they, that they would earn through being in the Premier League. You've got Liverpool, who in recent years, the fans have said the exact same thing about. These owners don't want to spend money, blah, blah, blah. And I'll go on to economics in football as a whole in a sec. But if you already think that your owners are doing that in this league, then do you really think that by going into a place where you're at no risk of that financial tap being turned off, do you really think that the owners aren't just going to take money out of it, out of the club? You know, you've got Manchester United. The Glaciers didn't even buy the club with their own fucking money. They bought it financed through lots of other ways and ended up floating it. Yep. And they still take fucking millions out of the club. Absolutely. it's absurd. It's, it's absolutely absurd. And, and, and people are now going to have the argument. Like I've never, I've never been one of them that's like, 
if a club plays, pays 100 million for someone, I don't care. Like, if, if you want to pay that money for him, pay that mm. money for him. Financing football isn't, it doesn't offend me that much. Taking as, as long as it provides back to football fans. Spend all the money that you want, but keep it in our hands, right? This is where, because you'll get all of the bloody anti-football, anti-stupid anti money in football brigade saying, oh, all of these footballers earn X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Again, doesn't offend me whatsoever. What will offend me is they've been being paid all of this money for all of these years. How many of them are now going to make a stand against it is what mm. I want to know. I look at managers like Klopp. Well, Jose's obviously, you know, made a stand, which we'll, we'll touch on shortly. I'm assuming Jurgen Klopp will. Pep Guardiola, Arteta, Weasels probably aren't going to make a stand. It's difficult, isn't it? Because they're the people who end up having to front. They're the ones who are going to end up taking the flack from media presses. And I'm with you. They should still make a stand. But the people who are making these decisions, if they don't want to talk to us, they don't have to. Exactly. What the fuck can you do? But what are they going to do if all of these managers from all of these teams, all of the top players from all of these teams say, nah, not doing it? And and it it will come down to how much money really talks because I think it's pretty obvious that the vast majority of fans don't want it. You know, you see the amount of supporters trust of these clubs themselves that are going in that don't want it, and it seems to be pretty clear that the league have power and authority to to deter. I I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the legalities of because there's talk of um, UEFA and FIFA banning. Um, players for these clubs playing for their international teams, kicking them out of the Champions League. Uh, the Premier League are talking about doing X, Y and Z, but then I'm hearing on Sky Sports News that the only reason that they've come out with this statement of intent is because they've checked the legalities of it and yeah. nothing can be done. I'd imagine they've the got the... a competition or whatever it is. I imagine they've got um, a pretty ridiculous legal team. You, you would have thought so, wouldn't you, with three and a half billion quid being pumped into them from yeah. some American bank. Um, it just stinks of NFL franchise yeah. bollocks. Close shop, secure revenues. We all, always, always thought that football would never, ever go down go down that route. And one of my mates said it today, it's going to be like no consistency whatsoever if it did happen. You're going to have one team that's going to win it one year by a country mile mm. and then they could finish bottom the next year. And it's... It, it's just horrible and it's scary to see and it overemphasizes to me that the championship is still the best football <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I, I, the the one thing I, re- I really hope doesn't happen because I, I, I can't see it being fully implemented in its current format. I think, as some commentators have said today, it's likely that people put these things out as a, a almost a shock factor, yeah, and then they negotiate down to something much more realistic, but like it already feels like big clubs get a lot of a lot more money, a lot more power. They get things in their own way. Like I kind of want the, the league to go. You know what? You, you like you had things really good, but because you've gonna been a prick, we're actually gonna leave you in a slightly worse position than you were beforehand. Like Absolutely. you shouldn't you shouldn't have kept fucking pushing it, mate. It's like That's what I hope deduct, deducting points. Yeah, right now, I, deducting I, points. The second point I'd make on on this sort of topic is about sort of economics in football as a whole. And if you look at like these clubs that are wanting to go into it in the 1920 season, they lost something like a billion, billion pounds or a billion dollars between them all. 
and that was very little affected by COVID. And some people are saying today, some of these clubs will have felt they had little choice. Things like Barcelona, Real Madrid, they've racked up so much debt that as soon as an opportunity like this comes on, is is so big. And I think that is one of the bigger things here is that football, like the amount of money that people get paid now is insane. It's mm-hmm. and it's, like it's accelerated in such a short space of time. But it who cares like, about that like, though, right? Well, as long as it's in our hands. Yeah, but it, you do and you don't, Tom, because it, it's not sustainable. You're seeing so many clubs at all the different levels and this trickles through, like I was saying earlier, you know, Premier League clubs going down, other teams mm-hmm. cannot remotely compete with them financially. If you look at when I'm a Leeds fan, obviously when Leeds came up, the books sort of came up. When the books came out afterwards, it's almost a given that if we hadn't gone up that year, we'd have been fucked. It was the exact yeah. same when Villa went up. You know, clubs gamble so much because the, the money on offer is so great. It's almost like you... I know you don't want to settle for being in the Championship, but sometimes you, it's not that oh, bad, I'm more than it? happy being in yeah. the Championship, mate. But, yeah. but clubs gamble so much to get all these riches on offer because the gaps mm. are so big that teams end up fucking broken about it you see it's Sheffield it's Wednesday now they're going to be going down because they risked they risked it a few years ago and it didn't work out and financially they've been crippled ever since and that's one of you know I could name a couple of dozen clubs in recent times that financial mismanagement is rife yeah mm-hmm. absolutely but this is just like worst case scenario though isn't it like it, it makes me depressed thinking about it well I've, I've I messaged um my mate Sherry Early, who's a big Arsenal fan, so I wanted to get his opinion on it before I came mm. on and f- fired shots at his club. And he said that he's, he actually pulled over on it from his way home because he wanted to say something that I'd say on the pod, pod for him. So, cheers for your commitment, Sherry. But he was just saying to him, it was like, it's elitism at its absolute worst and just felt like it's top teams buying their way into a, to a Super League. And uh, <laughs> it made me, made me chuckle, actually. Is that I've never been more embarrassed to be an Arsenal fan, and we've had so many embarrassing moments. <laughs> and it's <laughs> fucking true, really, isn't it? They got a YouTube. It's just the barefaced cheek of it, isn't it? Like, mm. who do you think you are? Like, your clubs aren't good anymore. That's what he said. Imagine Arsenal. playing the best teams in the world for absolutely no merit, and that's the reality. Isn't oh, it? spot on! Absolutely spot on. Did you? I saw a quote from uh, the Juve chairman. And this was from like a year, two years ago, when Atalanta, when Atalanta started doing really well in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And he came out and said, along the lines of, yeah, they've done really well, but they shouldn't be able to be where they are just because of sporting achievement. Like, yeah. Like sure big that. clubs need to have their investments protected. They had no history, blah, blah, blah. And that is the absolute opposite of what it should be. You should, be, you should get the rewards for sporting achievement and sporting achievement alone. If you then end up with, you know, better financial gain out of that, I don't think anyone's got an issue with that. You know, you you win more games, you get more money. But I think it's the disparity and then this sense of a God-given right. It's, like, it's bollocks. And I, I think, like, if you were to ask any football fan, like an out-and-out football fan, to be to forget about who they support for one minute mm. and be completely neutral in... If you just look at the Premier League era and were to say, tell me, like the biggest thing that you look back on and think that's class. It'd be Leicester winning the league. Yeah. 
it'd be Ian Holloway and Blackpool staying up. Yeah. Whatever they did. Well, they got rid of but they're West- brilliant, weren't they? Exactly. If if West Ham get top four, it's achievements like that. Yeah. You know, your Fulham's getting in the getting in the Europa League from absolutely nowhere. Yeah. It's not your Man United's winning however many league titles. It's not your Liverpool's well, you know what people yeah, the might Liverpool even say one would Liverpool be one, making it? a comeback. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. first in thirty years. No one thinks, oh, Man City buying their way to the league, Chelsea buying their way to the league. Don't get me wrong, Aguero's goal is one of them magical football moments that they could have been on however much money they want to yeah. have spent. It's still a magical moment. But it, but they took, it just so, takes I think, all of that away, doesn't it? All of it. I think it was Ray Ferdinand I was watching last night and he was talking about it, about it's not just about winning the league. The relegation is just as exciting. And you think, 100%. you look at the formats of these things and it's a group of 10 teams playing each other however many times. How many of them fixtures by the end are just going to be dead ends? Oh. At the end of that group stage, it's just... You get it sometimes in the Champions League and they've only got to play six games. If you've got to pay 10, you could just have, yeah, like last two or three. If, I mean, you look at the fucking Arsenal team at the minute. After game four, all of theirs are going to be dead, dead rubbers, aren't they? And like as an Arsenal fan, you just won't want that, would you? Surely not. Surely not. You don't, surely you don't just want to watch your team lose every week. This is why we say about if you're a championship team that gets promoted, sometimes the season getting promoted is loads better than being in the Prem. You lose every week and you feel, oh, I wish we can go back to a standard where we'll win more often than we lose. As if you end up in this Super League with owners who don't give a shit. I tell you what, right? There's a certain group of people that are going to love this proposal. And they're the type of people that bought red Cardiff City shirts when they changed their colours. <laughs> Unprincipled, useless, uncultured wankers that should be nowhere near football ground because they have no idea what it means to proper fans. The kind of people who don't know how to kick a football exactly. probably watch about 20 minutes of a game and don't really know what's going on. 100%. 100%. Thinks, do you think Mbappe are going to be better than Messi and Ronaldo? Morons. <laughs> Mbappe did score a really good goal yesterday, though. And and I'm going to finish with this. If you look at the, the league table in, in France at the minute, Five games to go. Yeah, that's exciting. Blown it, honey. Mm. No, well, they won last night. They're, they're, I think they're a point behind, but you know, and it's not even about who the teams are in it. It's just the fact that it's wide open with four teams playing yeah, for exactly. it. Exactly. You've got money versus <laughs> practically no money in comparison. So, that's well, listen, what football's we, about. We, we've nowhere near articulated it in the ways that uh, Gary Neville and all of these people have done. So. We'd be really interested to see how how you would explain how you feel about yeah. Um, so send us a little message and we'll we'll read them out because your mate your mate put it perfectly well. Um, my mates aren't particularly articulate either, so maybe maybe we won't get anything from them. But <laughs> they might do some, they think. might do some shouting and groaning. Maybe. Um, but yeah, hopefully this time next week when we film a podcast, we might have some better news on this front but disgusting right let's go from that seamlessly into uh, a manager who's been accused of buying leagues a few times yeah absolutely Jose Jose Mourinho 
think it's Jose. No, I think I don't think Jose. Jose yeah, no. Jose Mourinho sacked from Tottenham this morning. There was mention about the link with this league thing. I I don't know if there really is or there isn't. Um, I think I think they've got to be. You know, sack your manager a week before a cup final and your season. Well, this toilet, I have no idea. It's bizarre, and it's a, forget it. Whether it is or isn't connected to the Super League at the minute, but what what are your thoughts on it? My overriding thought is gratefulness that the tactical genius that is Ryan Mason now is his first managerial role. <laughs> Where's that <laughs> come out from? Bizarre, isn't it? Bizarre. Um, I I think I've spoken about it on the podcast before that I think Jose is. Um, I hate using the words past it or whatever. I think his methods are slightly dated and it wasn't working for him at Tottenham, was it? Um, but I'll have huge amounts of respect for him if he, if the rumours about him refusing to take his players onto the training field because of the developments in the Super League fiasco. Um, fair play to him if that was the case. Um, I think all managers should do it. Um, am I surprised that if it is just for football reasons that he's been sacked, absolutely not. He hasn't been good enough, has he? No, I don't. It, I think the only thing that's surprising about this is the timing. The time. yeah, sure. There's, there's a cup final next week. Mourinho was brought in to win trophies and he's got them to a final and then they've sacked him. Um, that tells me that it's got to be about... Um, something else. Yeah, I sure. mean, there's, there's seven games. This is why the timing feels so weird to me. There's that that we just mentioned about there's been a league cup final. The guy's brought in as a specialist of winning trophies. He's gotten to a final. There's seven games to go in the league. As I mentioned, they're nowhere fucking near winning a league title. And they've How just, far off the top four are they? Well, they're only like five points, but that's a mammoth to them at the minute. But European football has become irrelevant because they've just signed to go to the Super League. Wow. Well, so there's no... It's hard to understand Daniel why Dan- they've done it when you've got a cup final coming up and then seven games that don't really matter. Um, I haven't watched Sky Sports News this afternoon, but what I did see earlier is on Jose's legendary Instagram page, <laughs> him doing some kind of an interview with um, Gary Cottrell or whatever his name is. So, so maybe there's more light to be shed there. I. I don't. I think it will be because of something to do with this Super League. I hope so. Because Dan, Daniel Levy's a he's not a, he's not a rash one, is he? He doesn't make no. these decisions on emotion. He's he's a businessman, isn't he? I think we all know that. He is, but he's, he's not um, the owner, is he? He's I don't know the, what the hierarchy looks like. There's at a Spurs. there's a I can't remember his name. It's Joe something in the background of Spurs who owns about 70 percent. It's oh, just really? a silent. This is what I was saying earlier about these owners. You just don't, don't see or hear of them. Mm. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Levy's the face. I don't know if he has some shares, but he's certainly not a majority stakeholder in, in Spurs. But okay. I, I take your point. I think he's given... Joe Lewis, I want to say? I think he's given pretty free reign, but this is just speculating from what we see in the media, isn't it? But as you um, say, he's always been portrayed as a shrewd businessman. Absolutely. Um, but props to Jose F. He made a stand like, like I've said a few times, all of these managers should be doing. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I know a couple of fans in some group chats and then I messaged Fur again earlier about it. And yeah, if, 
we've mentioned it before. His style of football is no longer enjoyable. And if yeah. you're not winning, then that, then your patience We've said it so many times, haven't we? You, you, you don't mind being ugly to watch if you're getting points on the board week in, week out. If you're ugly to watch and you're not winning, then Gotta go, it's not going to last very long in this day and age, is it? No. no. I, I kind of wanted them to win next weekend, but now I'd I don't really because I, I still kind of like Hayes. I still really like him. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing. But hey, hey, we'll see what happens. That's next Sunday, I think it is. So we'll see how yeah, hungover we are. We might do a podcast before. We might do it afterwards. We'll see. I'm not going to be hungover next Sunday, so I'm available. Are you not? No. Is this Monday afternoon speak where? No, no. I'll likely be pretty hungover on Saturday, but not Sunday. I don't think I'm not doing too. Nights again, stupid. Getting too old for that. <laughs> right, well, at some point next week, we'll talk about the League Cup final, either post or pre. Um, we'll leave football there. There's probably some other stuff that's happened. Talk about the pound for pound king, shall we? <laughs> Jake, the problem child. No, yeah, Jake, the problem child, Paul, beating Ben Funky Askren for the first fishy. round. Very fishy. You reckon? Yeah. I don't think this. If you didn't see, yeah, it was a first round knockout. Jake Paul, YouTuber extraordinaire, knocking out famed wrestler and pretty successful sorry. MMA fighter by all accounts as well. Absolutely. Like, people, uh, listen, I don't know an awful lot about Olympic wrestling or MMA by any stretch <laughs> of the shocked. imagination. But, <laughs> In the build-up to this, I did, I did watch quite a lot of in-the-know MMA fighters or pundits or whatever you want to call them talk about Askren. And although he's known for that flying knee getting sparked out by um, by um, Jorge Masvidal, um, by all accounts, Bellator champion, some other, uh, what do you Strike call it, champion. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a time prior to the Masvidal knockout in, in the UFC that he was a bit of a problem. Um, the reason I call it fishy is like it was just a standard one-two they just caught him on the chin like he got up pretty much straight away and he's being hit by some lumps like trained killers in the UFC with four-ounce gloves on and he's seemed to have a chin like granite and he gets hit by this YouTuber, Jake Paul, who, you know what? Like, he's probably not that bad a boxer. Nah. Like, he's probably pretty decent, to be honest. He might win an area title. He might not brag cousins out into your aunt. Who knows? Like, but I don't know. It, it didn't sit right with me, that stoppage. And then he was walking backstage, like, laughing and giggling. He obviously got a big payday. Maybe he got chinned and he just didn't fancy it. Who knows? But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. And it, I've... I think we said before, and I reassert it now. I, I think I'm possibly as good a boxer as Ben Askren. The guy didn't look like he really had a go at trying to learn how to he box. He looks like much. Um, what's her name, Mrs. Brown boys. Mrs. Brown's boys. Uh, Mrs. Brown. Mrs. Brown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, his boys. Just Mrs. Brown. And no, looked like he boxes like it. To be fair. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty embarrassing. It must be horrible that. Awful. You're, you're a trained fighter like... in some discipline. You're coming up a guy who against who's beaten up another YouTuber and beaten up 
a former basketball player who looked about a foot shorter than him. Mm. And you've signed to fight him and all the hype that comes with this, because whether you like or loathe YouTube boxing, it attracts an incredible amount of attention. So a lot mm. of people are, get, are, are, are going to have seen this and you get knocked out within a couple of minutes. <laughs> Got to be horrible. I, I suppose he takes home a couple of million quid, which is probably nice. I think I read that so. he was getting about half a million plus. Oh, really? Plus percentage. Apparently it did 1.3 million pay-per-view buys. Yeah, it would have done a lot, mate. That's mad numbers. New new company doing them. Triller. Triller. I've just seen that they I'd love bought, to see um, Tommy Fury knock him spark out. But you know what? Same. I'm not even sure Tommy Fury's that good. It's probably quite a good fight. Has he got much of an amateur background? Nothing. I think he had like nine amateur fights. That's probably... Like, that, not a million miles off the sort of standard that Jake Paul's now at. Because it looks yeah, like he's absolutely. been taking his boxing really seriously for a few years. Three, four years, whatever it is. So if he's been taking it really seriously for those few years, you know, if Tommy Fury only has that background, maybe he's got a lot more and, and we've overlooked it, but he's probably not a million miles off that kind of background level, if you know what I mean. No. But at absolutely. the same time, we're giving him some levels of credit here for fighting two people who, might as well have been me after 10 pints. Oh, no. yeah. And then another person who might have been me after, well, no pints. I, 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 I don't think it's giving him credit. I, don't, I think it's more so not being drawn in by the fact Tommy Fury's been on Love Island. Yeah. Tyson okay. Fury's I think that's, and that's why the only reason I take Jake Paul slightly seriously is not to do with his fights, but it's to do with how serious he seems to be training. Yeah. And, and if he does seem to be training that seriously, then then you never know. But I'm sure that if he got in with even a half-decent amateur, who, you know, who'd had a half-decent amateur career, sorry, mm. then uh, then it would end. Think, and he's, he's not going like... to take that risk. If there are people like this that he can take out yeah. and earn millions of pounds fighting him, he's good luck to him hand, and more gonna hand pick people. people yeah. Exactly. He's going to handpick people that have got a, pretty sizable following Tommy Fury's got like I don't know four million Instagram followers or whatever it is his missus is fairly famous in this country I don't know about over there but and it'll probably be a decent fight two lads at a similar standard and if then tra- if he wins or he loses he'll probably end up fighting his brother <laughs> yeah like genuinely they spoke about it as in, as in fighting each other as in yeah, Jake yeah. and Logan Paul fighting each other yeah he's not going to go and fight Tyson <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let them crack on. As Before that, on the undercard, I don't think you saw this, but Regis Progray was fighting. Um, I can't remember the lad's name. He was fighting now, but Regis Progray is the one who lost to Josh Taylor in the final of the Super Series. I saw him tweet about it not being a low blow. Yeah, so he. I don't know what round it was. I can't remember now, but he he caught him with a, a body shot. Uh, a bad body shot really sort of just glanced off his hip slash bottom of his ribs and the lad went down as sort of sighting a low blow yeah. and it was originally called a low blow and the guy was writhing around ended up like having to be stretched out the ring you watch the highlights back mate it's not even like the body shot was so bad you'd have to go down I, I don't know what what's going on guy's got no <laughs> guy's got no shame whatsoever <laughs> but uh yeah, I didn't even realise that there were any half-decent fighters on the undercard, to be honest. I think that was Is it. Is there I any think... of them other like, old boys on it? Isn't 
Holyfield now fighting someone. I saw Glenn McCrory calling people out on Twitter the other day. Or maybe really? I completely misread that. Yeah. Oh. Couldn't imagine that. Nice bloke him. I met him before. Oh, yeah, he told me about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I just relate that Triller platform to is these YouTube bites and old boys smacking each other. They had a they had another YouTube people fight or X something else spotted like uh, oh no it was um it was Frank Mir who's a former heavyweight UFC champion or yeah. heavyweight champion in MMA definitely competing yeah. yeah I think he won in UFC um and Steve Cunningham who as a heavyweight he in boxing Fury. dropped Fury yeah, yeah. Um, but he was he was really a cruiserweight but yeah him and Frank Mir fought I don't know what happened but yeah it seems to be that's what they do they they have a, have a main we've seen a fight card that's coming up Which it's a one? really really good one um, YouTube versus TikTok so there's like seven <laughs> YouTubers fighting seven uh, TikTok stars that's funny oh, mate <laughs> what is the world coming to we're getting, elitist, we're getting elitist European football I know. we're getting social media platforms fight each other and making loads more than actual making fighters. Loads. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> as long as you train hard and you take it seriously. Well, I, I, I saw a very brief interview of Regis Progray after his fight and they asked him about fighting on Triller. Mm. And he said, you know what? Like, I quite enjoy it. It's, it's a fun show to be part of and they're paying me really well. And he's like, if I'm yeah. being honest, I want to get paid really well. Like, I dedicate loads to this. I risk, um, obviously, my health. And the sacrifice you have to make if they're paying me loads of money i'm happy to fight on the platform and it is that really it's a bit difficult for us because we're on one hand we're slating football clubs for chasing money and then at the end we're talking yeah. about boxers chasing well not chasing money but getting paid loads of money but i suppose this is where as a fan of, of any sport you you have the ability to change it and maybe not much and you just won but as boxing fans, if you don't want to watch the YouTube things, don't watch them. They won't get paid. Don't fucking watch it. Absolutely. If these lads' followings are following them, then they're going to get paid. Same with football mm-hmm. clubs. If they, if we don't want to see these clubs go into them, don't support them. They won't. How many of us would carry on watching this European Super League stuff? Let's say it does happen, though. Like, realistically, everyone's going to watch out of curiosity, aren't they? Like, I mean, I'm, a, I t- I'm a pretty principled bloke, but like... I After a year it, or so of it being on, you're going to watch it. The appeal, cert- the, the appeal certainly lessens, though, doesn't it? I mean... Oh, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm not that bothered about many Champions well, League are people, games. Are people just going to stop watching football? Or the highest level of football? I don't know. I mean, now Leeds aren't absolutely shite to watch. I'll, I'll watch every Leeds game. And I'll, just and, I'll ditch, and I'll ditch you know, other games. I don't really watch much Champions League anymore. No, I don't. I don't watch an awful lot of FA Cup fixtures or League Cup. I don't. I never watch the League Cup, to be honest. So, I don't know. It's just a mess, isn't it? Just all. All I'll say to people listening on this whole. Do you want to have a final word, mate? Because I'm going to wrap this up pretty soon. I haven't got any trivia for us this week. I do apologise. Um, just yeah, I, I just stick to what you believe in. If if you don't if you don't care about this football elitist nonsense that's going on then just watch it if you care about it enough to like joe says make your one ounce of difference then 
just don't watch this nonsense. Um, I'm just going to go back to just watching Cardiff City, home and away, not watch any of this nonsense that they're delivering nowadays. Like you said then, Champions League football isn't what it was anyway. Let them crack on and earn their money. Um, fuck them. That's all I've got to say. Good. I've got nothing to add to that. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of the new intro. Um, Keep the feedback soon. coming in. Bye. Bye.